All right. This is Teachers by Day, the podcast by teachers where we talk about life and all its craziness outside of the classroom, offering our unique perspectives. Let's start with the warm up. My name is Lance. It's been several weeks. We've had a little hiatus, impromptu, not planned by any stretch, but life gets away from us sometimes, and that's just how it goes. Um, and I am, of course, joined by my buddy Jeff. Jeff, it's weird. We haven't actually talked on pod basically since the week after Halloween, and now we're the week after the week after Thanksgiving. But how's it been going? It's been going good, man. Mainly my fault that we haven't been able to get on here. So I apologize to you and our listeners. I realized like yesterday that the entire duration of our Thanksgiving break, we at my house had been hosting someone, some person. We were fortunate enough. It's great to see family and friends over the break, but there was not a single day uh, that someone was not staying with us. So it was difficult for me to get away to podcast. So that's how my holidays went. Good to see people. But, um, you know, your the breaks always fly by. I feel like each one gets goes by quicker and quicker than the one before it. So how was your, uh, your Thanksgiving off? Uh, Thanksgiving day was great, but the week as a whole was a little chaotic. We had... Um, <laughs> We had some tile break in our shower. We had um, our hot water heater went out on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, so um, had to get in there and tried to work on it for about six or seven hours. Couldn't get it fixed and then had to buy a new one. So that's a fun little stab in the pocketbook right there. But, you know, we're okay. We have hot water. Everything's fine. So So what was the – and this is like super uh, suburban adult talk here – what was the process? Like, were you able to get someone out on Thanksgiving to fix it? No. No, it was me. <laughs> That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, myself. I, uh, so, obviously, like, I called places, but it was the day after Thanksgiving. So, everyone was on, you know, still on vacation. And I'm not going to go without hot water for multiple days, including the weekend. So, I was like, you know what? Let me just take a look at this and see if I can. So, YouTube and wow. a crescent wrench were my friends for several hours. You are braver than me, man. I would have blown up my house even just trying that. It didn't work out, so I ended up having to get a new one. And I don't know if I actually needed a new one, but that's what we got. So here we are. (laughs) Uh, So other things we've been talking about, Jeff has been watching Boy Meets World, and he got me started on it again. I just want to say, Jeff, as of this morning, I only have three more episodes to go in the series. What? (laughs) Yes, that is how much I have been watching it. You are an animal. Um, we're pretty close. I think we have two seasons and like a few episodes left. And I, for the non-Boy Meets World fans out there, this won't be a spoiler, but okay. So the season we're currently in is season, it's the first season they're in college. Is that six? Well, the like Sean and Corey are in college or there is yeah, college. Sh- yeah. Everyone is in college. So Sean okay. and Corey's freshman year. Yeah. Um, and I remember Eric is becoming a cartoon character does he get much worse like i feel like they write him even more ridiculous and then does he eventually come back around or no no season seven he goes off the deep end completely uh and they just have him be absolutely crazy there is one episode where he like has a bit of sanity to him and it feels really out of place in context with everything else because of how much he kind of just unwinds i remember full zany eric i don't know the context of it but there's a scene where they walk into like a coffee shop and they're looking at like the uh, little display case that has like all the pastries, and he's just laying in the display case, staring at yes. them. And I'm like, this is not <laughs> reality anymore. What is happening to our beloved Eric? It's uh, it's kind of crazy, but uh, I've been listening to the podcast too because 
even though we do this podcast, I'm not a big podcast person myself, but Jeff really turned me on to the Pod Meets World podcast, and I've mm-hmm. actually caught up and listened to all of those too, and I love getting the dirt that went oh, on behind so, the scenes on these. It's kind of crazy, like, think about, <laughs> sorry to derail us on Boy Meets World Talk, but okay. I'm also not sorry, <laughs> but like, so these are episodes that they shot, I don't know, what, like 25 years ago in some cases, and yeah. it, like, as things, memories come back to them, it's like really cool to see them like their stream of consciousness remembering these like really vivid moments. Have you heard the one with, uh, I think it's, is it Alan Daniels, the guy who plays Feeney, the actor? William Daniels, yeah. William Daniels. Have you heard that one? Because that's like the one that I really want to go back and listen to. I just couldn't find yeah. the feed. Yeah, I have. Okay, I'll have to go check that one out. Did they talk about a specific episode or just like in general? Like It's just in in general with that one. I think a lot of the times when they had the guest on there, they don't do the, the episode breakdown. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the one with Matthew Lawrence the other day because you Me talked too. about it, and it's so good. He's really like, interesting, like his it, obsession yeah. with like iguanas. That's what I said. I told my wife, I said, "Hey, I was like, I listened to the Pod Meets World that had Matthew Lawrence on it, and she was like, oh, what's he up to?'" I was like, oh, "He has like an iguana farm." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he lives with his youngest brother, which is cool. It is cool. And then I was like, "And he dated Daniel Official during." I know. I didn't know that either. Did you know like, that? No, I had no idea. And then I had no idea that like he and Ben Savage were so close on the yeah. show either. So that's kind of cool too. If you go back and listen to the very first episode, they I don't know if they touch on it again more, but they like briefly explain why Ben Savage isn't on the pod. And it mm-hmm. something weird must have happened. Like the way that they sort of gloss over it or they won't really talk <sighs> about it. I think it's kind of like a Topher Grace situation where he maybe thinks his star is brighter than it actually is and like I'm too good for that. And may, yeah. I mean, maybe he's wanting to separate himself from it, to be fair, because it's what he's so known for. But, like, lean into it, man, because that's, like, how you make your money right there. I was wondering if any part of it was because his brother got canceled and he was like, I really don't want to do anything where I'm yeah. uh, in the public eye. That could be it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, reading too much into it. I don't know. We need to do an, an internet deep dive into that and find out we, what's going on. We <laughs> should turn the pod into a podcast where we analyze the Boy Meets Pod podcast. And then How many of you guys would listen? That. Anyone will listen to that? You can let us know because we can make that happen. Effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back to reality and what we're actually trying to do today with our lesson plan. Um, Jeff and I are, of course, big movie fans. Jeff, way more than I am. I will lean into that until I have in no way seen as many movies as this guy. Um, but Jeff actually pitched the idea that for this podcast, we do our top three favorite movie quotes of all time and like we always say jeff did you do a definitive ranking or is this just a three spread i think these are all just like even for me okay so this, no, was, like, like, this is something really hard to rank okay it is i i mean trust me when it's for me it was like oh i gotta think of a movie quote but once the the snowball started going it was mm-hmm. just like all right now i gotta narrow it down <laughs> to three it's like which ones do i just say out like out of context constantly yeah, that's kind of where I, I started to go was, which of these do I find myself saying on the daily? Um, so, Jeff, I will defer to you. You can get us started with your number three not ranked movie quote of all time. Right. And I, I want to preface this list with um, my wife. When we first started dating, um, I quote a lot of early aughts comedies among my friends all the time. Like, obviously not telling her, like, what they're from when we say the quote. And when we saw the movie super bad and I think wedding crashers together, she turned to me and had a reaction. Like she had been deceived her whole life. She goes, so you're not even funny. You just quote this movie all the time. 
Like all the things that I thought you came up with on your own that were, you know, very clever and hilarious are actually just lines from these movies. So my personality, I feel like, has a large percentage of it that is derived from movie quotes, as pathetic as that sounds. I think you you accidentally pulled the veil back on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a self-therapy, this podcast. Um, so on my number three, I actually had two quotes that are tied, and that's because they're both uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're both very different types of quotes. One is just hilarious, and the other one to me is just very poignant and sweet. And um, my wife and I actually put it on uh, this little like plaque that we got from our wedding. But the first one is just a hilarious quote that I love from the movie Ant-Man, and it takes place when the character Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, uh, who has recently been released from prison, is... Um, let go at a Baskin Robbins because they did a little background check and they found out that he served time in jail. And he says, you guys knew about that? And the quote from his manager is, quote, Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> Which I remember laughing very, very hard in the theater when I heard that. And anytime I discover anything now, I always say Baskin Robbins always finds out. That's so subtle in its approach. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a follow-up quote where the manager says to Scott Lang, because he actually likes him, he goes, Look, Scott, when you leave, though, if one of those uh, vanilla blast milkshakes went missing, I didn't see anything. And then it cuts <laughs> to Scott Lang walking down the street sipping on the milkshake, which is great. My other quote, um, an absolute tearjerker from Avengers Endgame. If you have not seen the movie, I won't give you the context. Uh, but Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark says this to his daughter, Morgan. And the quote is, I love you 3,000, which is just... The context is his daughter says, I love you 3,000. She's like four years old. He goes, wow, that is a lot. And then he tells Pepper Potts, his wife, Morgan said she loves me 3,000. You were somewhere in the low four to 500 range. It's just Very a beautiful well quote from father to daughter. And it really sets up the ending of the movie for you with that. Definitely. But I agree. Watching, I, I guess I never picked up on it the first time I watched Endgame. But then when I watched it the second time, it really like hit me knowing obviously how everything turns out that wow that's a really sweet moment and now that you're a dad too it probably hits you even extra hard <laughs> yeah everything does all the all the father-daughter moments hit me extra make me extra soft nowadays but i don't know if this is true but i also read online that the mcu from the original iron man up until the end of endgame is also exactly three thousand minutes of content mm. I obviously have not gone back. and Well, I say obviously I'm a freak. I might do it. Have not double-checked that number, but I've seen that from several sources. I'm trying to think how many movies times probably, what, 150 minutes per movie average? I think it's 22 films. So let me do the math here real quick. That would be about 136 minutes per movie, so about two hours and yeah, just 15 minutes per film. I, could, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're all over two hours. Is there a Marvel movie that's under two hours? If there is, it's like a hour, 58 minutes. Right. Like, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I'm like, no, there's nothing that's short. Maybe, like, the first Thor is, like, one of the shortest ones. But, I, yeah, they're all pretty long. Like, Doctor Strange is, like, a two-hour, 35-minute movie. Yeah. I don't know about that one. But the, if it is, that's cool. So, way to go subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Lance, what's your first or third? We're not really doing countdown. What's one of your three quotes? No. All right, so I have I have an honorable mention that I just want to throw this one out there because I love this one. I won't elaborate too much on it, but it's from Lord of the Rings uh, when Gan Gandalf says, fly you fools. I love that. I don't know why. It's just an amazing quote. I think it's the way that it was shot with the cinematography where he says it before he gets ripped into the lava. Right. Um, 
but it's really, really well done. Um, and obviously, the Lord of the Rings movies are fantastic. But I won't and go too much further into that Ian one. Ian McKellen is just great in everything. Oh, oh it's he's freaking fantastic. And I, I love the first one so much more because Gandalf the, Gandalf the White is so much more than Gandalf the Grey. But we won't go yes. into that too much more. Um, so number three, and this is kind of, I could have pulled from a hat on this one because anything from the movie Step Brothers is just absolutely hilarious. And this is another one where my personality mirrors these, and I say these all the time, but... My favorite moment from the movie, and I, I don't quote this one a lot, but every time I watch the movie and hear it, I laugh hysterically. And it's when uh, Will Ferrell and um, why, why am I blanking on this? Oh, John C. Raleigh are in bed together and they're throwing uh, they're throwing disses back and forth to each other from the bedroom and they keep building and building upon each other. But they're also trying not to wake up their parents. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a s- slow whisper. It's a little <laughs> subtleness to it. But uh, Will Ferrell leans over to John C. Raleigh and says, I'm going to take a pillowcase and fill it full of bars of soap and beat the shit out of you. (laughs) And I don't know why, but every time that that happens, I like crack up hysterically. It's just Um, so descriptive and like well thought out of the threat. It's not like I'm going to hit you. It's it's a typical like Judd Apatow line from a movie where it just is so outlandish, but you just love it. Um, So Step Brothers is, you know, probably a top 10 movie for me can't help but laugh every time i see it but that line in particular always makes me laugh i had a lot of stepbrothers quotes that like were very much on the periphery of this uh i mean even just their brother Derek. like i haven't had a carb since 2003 <laughs> while he's drinking a heineken <laughs> yep i was debating on that one and also debating on the the scene in the car with the voice lessons <laughs> it look good when you're singing but uh, I, I kept it in check with that one. So Step Brothers, Bar of Soaps, amazing. <laughs> Great. The best. All right. My boy Jeff, number two, what you got? All right. So this is a quote from the uh, Chris Farley, David Spade comedy, Tommy Boy, which I have to say was maybe the first time as a kid that I remember watching a movie and thinking – that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And it wasn't like Looney Tunes slapping each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about it as a joke, Lance, just, I told you this off, off pod, just putting the, a link to the entire script for Tommy Boy. <laughs> putting it in here. Um, so this quote, and I, I've only put part of it here, but I'll recite the whole thing because it's ingrained in my head, is when uh, Tommy Callahan, who was a brake pad salesman, is just really down on his luck on this road uh, sales road trip. And they stop at a diner, him and David Spade's character, and... He's realizing that the organic uh, way of selling things he has not been utilizing. Everything's too scripted and rigid and robotic. And uh, the waitress at the restaurant tells him that the fryers are off when he asks for, I believe, a shrimp cocktail or something. And he says to her, quote, Helen, you look like a Helen. Helen, let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Let's say I walk into a place that guy's even remotely interested in buying something. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with my pretty new pet. And the pet is my sale. And I love that pretty pet. And I love it. And I stroke it. And I massage it. And then I go, <laughs> I killed it. <laughs> so that that's the quote of uh, Chris Farley destroying a dinner roll. And then the woman, Helen, says, I'll go turn on the fryers for you. And he realizes, I should just be myself. Then I that can was, sell anything. 
that was a scarily accurate depiction of <laughs> that line. You, you even got the inflection right and everything with it. I know it's. Uh, I knew you would appreciate it, and also Stephen, our fellow teacher friend who's been on the pod before, would also very. I think he's actually quoted this several times in our presence. Oh my god, we quote this all the time. Stephen and I do it at school where. Anytime that something comes up that we are not good at or unprepared for, it's, <laughs> let me tell you why I suck. <laughs> it's, and doesn't Helen say, like, God, you're sick? Yeah. I'll and turn on the I'll fryers. go turn on the fryers. <laughs> Tommy want wingy. Tommy, Tommy hungry. <laughs> but it's a classic part. And it's right after, you know, the, it doesn't hurt so much here or here, <laughs> but right here. And then she, no, I don't see. I thought I hit you in the shoulder. Oh my God, what happened to your face? I knew it. <laughs> He's got like a massive bruise on his cheek. His if, you guys, if you guys out there have never seen the movie Tommy Boy, one, where have you been? You're living under a rock, but two, you're missing out on an absolute classic. Yeah, and it's one that like, whole, I mean, there's some jokes in it that are like kind of would not play in the current social climate, but for the, the vast majority of them are just hilarious. And the concept of it is so simple. He's a brake pad salesman touring mm -hmm you know, middle America. <laughs> yep. How, awesome. how much more simple do you need? No. Right. All right, Lance, what's your second one? All right, we're going to go a little sentimental here. And I've brought up this movie before because I love it, but it's Little Miss Sunshine. Um, let me set the scene for you. Uh, Abigail Brislin is there, you know, doing the cross country tour because they're trying to get her to the Little Miss Sunshine beauty pageant. And she's a very quirky little girl and she doesn't find herself conventionally beautiful as compared to, uh, other little girls her age that are usually in pageants. And her ultimate hype man is her grandfather. Her grandfather helps her practice, um, helps her dress, does everything with her. And she's talking to him about how she's nervous about uh, preparing for the pageant. And she says, Grandpa, do you think I'm a loser? And Grandpa responds with, do you know what a loser is? A real loser is someone who's so, so afraid of not winning, they don't even try. Now you're trying, right? And she says, yes. And he said, then you're not a loser. And he confirmed with her that she's the most beautiful little girl that he's ever seen in the world. And in a movie that is full of so much chaos and funny stuff, to have that very sweet moment between the grandfather and the granddaughter was very, very touching. And I won't spoil much about the movie, but it ends up being a pretty monumental moment in the movie. Um, so that part has always stuck out to me. And anytime I see like someone on like Facebook or Instagram will like repost it or something like that. They, they show like the meme of it. I always like it. And I am yeah. always like, it still gets me in the feels every time I see it. Alan Arkin is awesome in that movie as her grandfather. And at least for me, I might be missing something, but that was the first time ever that I saw Steve Carell in like a serious role. It was. And like, I think we said the other day when we were doing this one that still regarded as probably his best role. I mean, obviously the office, his standout for the TV side of things. But as far as cinema, uh, cinema, I'm going to have to go with that movie. I mean, the cast of that, Paul Dano, um, Tony Collette is her mom, right? Yep. And is it Greg Kinnear is her dad? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty so then it has Yeah, that's it's a really, really good. And it's very, like, ensembleist because there's there's not really a standout. No, know? every family member, like, gets their moment. So it's it's just very well done. So... But that was Paul Dano even like pre There Will Be Blood, right? Yes. It might it might have been one of his first real roles. But. Good uh, scouting in terms of the casting to cast all these people that would go on to be. Absolute superstars. banger superstars. <laughs> all right. I see 
your list is a little strange here. You got one, two, and three. What what do we got? Like, if you couldn't pick a top spot here. Yeah. So this last quote I have is from I think the move the comedy movie that I quote the most of any, and that is the breakup starring Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. And this is actually three quotes that happen in a span of like 15 seconds in the movie as Vince Vaughn's character, Gary, uh, breaks up with his girlfriend, Jennifer Aniston. But the comedic trope of the movie is that they have this very expensive condominium in downtown Chicago and neither of them are willing to give up the place. So they both continue to live together while they're broken up. And these three quotes are during their very, it's like a cold war that they have amongst each other where they basically try to annoy the other one to the point where they will move out and acquiesce and give the other one the apartment. And this is a scene where Gary, played by Vince Vaughn again, is playing Madden 2004 online late at night against a 12-year-old kid. And these are three things that he's yelling into his headset to the kid. The first one is, do you think there's a chance your mom won't love you anymore when she sees how badly you're losing in the game? And then the kid responds to him, oh, good job, you beat a 12-year-old. And Gary says, quote, I don't care if you're 12 years old. You have more time during the day to play the game than I do. I live in the real world with bills and responsibilities. <laughs> then at the end, and this is one that I quote all the time, anytime I have any remote success at anything, like bowling, I don't know, good penmanship, Gary says, and this is the most vain and ridiculous thing I've ever heard a movie character say. He says, quote, you see, I think I'm good enough to figure out how to beat myself. <laughs> quote after he like scores a touchdown on the kid <clears throat> so it's basically just it. him talking trash over the headset <laughs> it gets a 12 year old in madden 2004 and that's your standout yeah that's it <laughs> how many times do you think you've seen this movie oh my gosh probably like 15 the ending i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but it the ending is definitely i don't want to say controversial but like some people love what they do and some people hate it have you seen it lance have but i'm not picking i don't remember the ending of the movie off the top of my head okay so i won't i won't say it on here i'll tell you off pod but yeah people um it does not go in a way that a lot of people expected it to go and some people appreciate that because i think there's sort of a more realistic take that it that uses but some people don't go to the movies for that they go to the movies for something else right is it like a not to go on to too much of an off tangent here but is it like click like no, I did not. Wow, see that's a great announcement. I did God, not see the click. ending of Click coming. No, Click, man, was not expecting to cry when I went to go see <laughs> Click. Um, it kind of is like Click in a weird way. I think Click was more emotional. I was like blubbering like a baby seal at Click. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so you'll have to tell me off pod what happens because now I'm curious. Okay. For sure. And I, I like I your last one. I like your synopsis more than if I go to Wikipedia and they give me the rundown. So Thank you. yeah, I'm more reputable than them. We don't know where they get their information. It's very true. Right, what rounds out your list? Okay. So I guess it kind of makes sense as much as we have a man crush on Paul Rudd that my top one would be a Paul Rudd quote. Um, but the movie Anchorman top five movie for me. And again, another one where I could just draw out of a hat of, any of the quotes that are in there. But what I tried to do or decided to do was the one that I say probably every single day in some capacity, I will say something to this effect. And to set the scene, if you have not seen the movie Anchorman, um, Paul Rudd is showing off his colognes <laughs> to the other men in the office and going through and explaining each one of their aromas. And he comes across one called Sex Panther, which... <laughs> He does a couple of dabs on his neck, 
and then says what is one of the greatest movie quotes, if not the greatest movie quote of all time. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time, <laughs> which is amazing because then the, the follow up from Will Ferrell is pungent. Stings the nostrils. Stings the nostrils, and like the look at the the <laughs> face that he makes is like he does not enjoy it. it he's like having a, a visceral reaction to it. And then Paul Rudd continues to dab it on his neck, and Will Ferrell follows with, "I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It smells like pure gasoline." The library goes, "It's made of bits of real panther, so you know it's good." I'm like, how does that mean you know it's good? <laughs> but I guess this this kind of show attests to how good Paul Rudd is that he can do uh, the spectrum of movies. And I mean, this is such a good example because Anchorman is just so off the wall with everything it's It's supposed to be. But the fact that he does this and he does this role so well. And then even when he came back for Anchorman too, because he kind of had a little bit of fame come after that, where he was doing more serious roles to come back and relive that again. I kind of want them to do an Anchorman 3, I'm not going to lie. Try it again, yeah. I mean, Anchorman 2 wasn't as good as the original, but it's still a great movie. Yes. I, would, I would still take an Anchorman 3, for I mean, sure. think about this. If Anchorman 1 didn't exist, Anchorman 2 would be, like, I think, lauded. People would love it. But right. because it was the follow-up to one of the best comedies of all time, it's just, like, a tough act to follow. It really is. It's Another... The- Comedic bit in that scene that I don't think gets enough credit is the ridiculousness when he opens up his cologne and Sex Panther makes the... (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is that noise? (laughs) I kind of want to try that cologne. I need to see if there's like a replica out there somewhere, someone on Etsy. Oh, that someone had to make that, right? Has created a Sex Panther cologne. I would. I'm sure there's a like extended scene where he just because if it's Paul Rudd, you just keep the camera rolling. Where he just Mm -hmm. probably went through like the entire chest of colognes and made up facts about all of them. Yeah, it makes me wonder how much of that was just off the cuff. Like they just ad libs right then on the spot because I gotta imagine they kind of just give them a script and just keep the camera rolling. Right. I would hope the script to that movie is like 30 pages. And you're like, we have these actors. Like, why would we give them lines? Whatever they're right. going to come up with is going to be way better than what we can write. Yeah. Just make sure we have plenty of storage on the camera for this. Because... Correct. Keep rolling. We don't want to yep. miss anything. Pure amazingness. But yeah, that, that rounds out my list. Um, great movie quotes. Fantastic. I think we gave some good recommendations for films if you guys haven't seen them. Definitely go check them out and be looking for those quotes. I like how we had some, a little bit of a, I mean, mainly comedic, but definitely had a few uh, sentimental ones as well. See, I went for the sandwich approach. I went funny, serious, funny. That was my whole thing. That's teaching for you right there. (laughs) (laughs) You learn some every day. All right. So as always, we end each podcast with a exit ticket. Um, So this is something that we saw over the last week or so an internet deep dive, TikTok, something on Reddit, a BuzzFeed article, whatever it may be. Uh, and we just talk about it a little bit. So, Jeff, you can kick us off. What did you have as your exit ticket this week? All right, Lance. I found a BuzzFeed list titled Adult Temper Tantrums, uh, which I will – I like how we've started to link these in the mm-hmm. description of our episode so people can go check them out. So BuzzFeed, it's – sort of a double-edged sword for me there's a lot of trash on this website but there's also a lot of like there's a lot of quizzes like which uh i don't know type of garlic bread are you (laughs) 
But then there's also like some funny lists where users write in. And this one was asking, um, adults uh, have been asked, what is the worst adult tantrum that you have witnessed? And a lot of these were like people in the service industry, but also just people out in public who see adults that just don't have coping skills or do something where you're like, what, <laughs> how do you get through your life in a day-to-day -day fashion? Um, and there's, I don't want to share all these, but there are two of them that I specifically wanted to go through. So this first one <clears throat> is from someone who was at church and witnessed the following. They said, quote, the worst was when a longtime parishioner entered church on Sunday and saw a young family sitting in her pew. Apparently there's reserved seating at church now. Yes. She insisted that they relocate at once and that she had sat in this very pew for decades and had no intention of giving it up. When the family wouldn't move, she called the ushers and pastor in the middle of church over and made a lounge seat for all to hear, then threatened to leave the church and take her generous pledge with her. People practically applauded when she stormed out the door. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, that, church freak out. Not one that I thought I'd see on this list. It just, people are petty. This one, uh, I used to work at Subway. There was a woman who came in at, which, God bless you. I know. <laughs> there, was, there was a woman who came in at 9 a.m. and screamed at us because we no longer serve pepperoni. It was apparently so awful that it not only ruined her day, but her entire life. She vowed, <laughs> she vowed to never return and stormed out. My boss and I were both standing there flabbergasted. We never stopped selling pepperoni. In fact, I had just finished restocking its container. Neither of us had any clue what she was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know, working in fast food has got to be, I mean, terrible in the first place. But I have to imagine Subway, for some reason, is just worse. I don't know why, but yeah, I feel like I it's don't... worse. Also, if someone says this is the worst thing that's ever happening about Subway not having pepperoni, my response would just be, well, then you've had an awesome life. Right. If this is the absolute worst situation you've that's, ever had. That's the, uh, there's a scene on The Office where Andy Bernard's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I haven't had a very difficult life. <laughs> He's at least <laughs> self-aware enough to say that. <laughs> like, obviously. All uh, right, Lance. I have one last one because I know as someone who we talk a lot about like interactions in our neighborhood and like, you oh, know, God. the dynamics of neighbors in HOA. And this one I wish was longer, like gave more detail, but also maybe I don't because it leaves a lot to the imagination. So all this person said, because I don't know the age of the person who wrote this in or again, the situation with their neighbor, but they said, quote, my neighbor threw a screaming, cursing hissy fit because I wouldn't rake his yard for him. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know how the conversation starts. Like, was there originally going to be money involved? I don't know. Or did he was like, hey, can you rake my yard, Chris? And he's like, no, I'm good. And then the dude just freaks out. Maybe he, I had, I've heard about this. It wasn't with me, but it was in my old neighborhood where a neighbor freaked out because the neighbor next to them's lawn clippings blew into their yard. Oh, boy. So maybe that is what they want them to rake excess lawn clippings out of their yard that's a good point like we can't take all these at face value if you're the other neighbor out there reading this you're like that's not the full story right you're only getting a synopsis you need the whole thing <laughs> right uh, i don't know that could be it but even still like get over it <laughs> like yeah that's not and that then bring deal. up like the the property line thing like there are we could almost do an episode on like petty things neighbors have done to each other because not even just in real life but on the internet i've seen a lot of uh Mm -hmm. petty revenge i guess between uh, neighbors over 100 the other yards and stuff uh looking over jeff's list there's some other ones i just want to point out a couple of these real quick um 
someone getting someone threatening to punch a waiter because they were served raw fish, but, <laughs> a, but they were at a sushi restaurant. Right. <laughs> Um, Sir, what did you think this was? <laughs> did, did you think that they cooked it? Well, no. Um, uh, but then there was another one where it was uh, basically a customer came in asking for a refund. Uh, it was They said that we had to refuse the refund because it was obvious that the product was purchased at a different store. Um, they started stamping their feet and complaining, saying that if you do not accept my refund, I'm going to poop on your floor. And the person responded, okay, then do it. <laughs> I'm going to call your bluff. And the person did it. <laughs> And, and it's funny because in the article, the picture is, is that Andy Bernard? It is Andy Bernard. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was. Uh, don't for season time. nine. It's, it's on the darker years of the office, but he yeah. basically tells David Wallace, um, I need to do something to you to make sure that you will never hire me again because I need to go after this Hollywood dream that I have. And he poops on his car so he can never be hired again. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. Gotta I guess you got to do my thing to round out this list is when I read these things about people, I ask myself, and maybe the answer is they don't, but like, how do they get through their day to day with yeah. these type of coping skills as adults? And what happened to you growing up that yeah. this is where you were at? I, I have I to know. be, no offense to only childs out there, but when you're an only child, like you sort of live in this world where it's just you. Yeah. So like maybe a lot of them were just only child children whose parents were just like, yeah, whatever you want, man. Not a good recipe for adulthood, though. <laughs> it's scary. All right, Lance, what is your uh, exit ticket today? Okay, so um, I wanted to shed a little bit of positivity um, because in recent weeks, uh, there's been a lot of celebrities that are under some bad light. You know, the Kanye's of the world and the Elon Musk of the world that they get all the spotlight on them, but it's all for negative things. So I do want to focus a little bit about how some celebrities are just awesome as people and do a lot of good for people. Uh, and one person that Jeff and I have talked about off pod, but I do want to bring him up on pod because he is a little bit of a Hugh Jackman-esque type person for me. And that is Jack Black. He's um, the best, man. Because he just seems like he's going to be just the best individual. Um, he's so like anti-celebrity. He really is. And like, I, I feel like he just has a very like normal life. Like I've never seen his house or anything like that, but I have to imagine that it would just be like a normal suburban home and he drives like a Toyota. Like, he's just, like, not leaning into his fame at all. I have to say, he was on Jimmy Fallon once, and he gave Jimmy Fallon an example of the bedtime stories that he tells his kids. And it's, mm -hmm. like, the greatest clip on YouTube. <laughs> okay. I'll try to find it and send it to you. Sweet. I would love that. But no, this one, like, was an example of, uh, I guess he was eating at a restaurant, and he overheard the waiter saying that they were short on their rent. And he left a $100 tip on a $20 check. And then apparently came back and did that multiple times thereafter. Um, because awesome. he's just a great dude. And then I saw a, a video of him the other day where there was a, a child that was special needs and they just happened to run into him. Like the, this kid was wheelchair bound. Um, and the mom just happened to run into Jack black and he sat down and like started talking to the kid and she goes, he loves, and it was, I can't remember what song it was, but it was one of the songs in, um, school of rock mm. and Jack black was, like, Oh, he loves that song. And she's like, yeah. And he just started singing it like, in this middle of this parking lot to this kid. And it was so touching. I'm not going to lie. I teared up because, you know, that's yeah. me. But it was so it was so cool. Let me see if I can find that clip and we'll just exchange those Jack Black clips. Um, another one, Keanu Reeves. Um, I've always heard about him being just an excellent person too, um, really going out of his way. And apparently at this one, um, there was a 
14 year old working for his family's restaurant, extremely poor. And counter Reeves would come in every week and give this kid money in an envelope to help support them. That's so, really cool. Good on you, Keanu Reeves. And of course, there's obviously some some bad ones that are mixed in this one. Some surprises. I mean, there's the ones that were got uh, bad reports against them or people saying they weren't nice. I wasn't surprised necessarily. Like, yeah, I don't want to call you out, but like JLo, like I'm not surprised that JLo wouldn't be like good to people in service industry. Like you're not shocking me. <laughs> it is interesting, too. And. I talk to my wife about this a lot. Like why anyone would want to be celebrity. Like I don't get, like I get wanting to be rich, but mm-hmm. being famous, I don't, because this might not be the case, but if you ever have a bad day, like, can you go out or you treat someone poorly like that? Mm-hmm. Is that person's only interaction with you probably ever. So they're going to tell everyone you suck yep. and they should like, that's their sample size. So yeah, I mean, if JLo goes out one time and doesn't tip well, which maybe she does it all the time, but she's going to make the list. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one that one that surprised me, Howard Stern. Howard Stern apparently was really really good to his people, which good yeah, for I him. could have seen him going either way. That's why I was interested. That's, yeah, he was on he was on the fence with that one. But I just wanted to shed some light because obviously there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately of negative stuff with celebrities, and we could go on a tangent about that, I'm sure. But I do want to say there's some out there that are doing good for the world, and we recognize you and we appreciate you and. Jack Black, if you're listening to this podcast, we would love to have you on. <laughs> I'll reach out to him. All right. I'm sure. Get his people. Get my people in touch with this. Okay, if there's any celebrity that would just be like, sure, I'll come on a random podcast with two bros, it would be <laughs> Jack Black. Right. Someone needs to send him the sound clip of this little moment we're having right now <laughs> so we can make this happen. Have these, guys, have these guys hyped you up and 40 people listen to it? So going to move the needle on your celebrity talk. I mean... Maybe that's our golden goose is getting Jack Black on here. I'll be, it'll right. be like that office episode where Phyllis is sent to the Steamtown Mall to try to get that one author. Yep. Did you get him? No. God damn it, Phyllis. <laughs> Don't take no for an answer. And I just kept asking her and then they kicked me out. <laughs> Amazing. So I guess that about concludes it, right? I mean, that's about it. That's pretty much it. Glad we were able to get back on the horse here. And uh, sorry for the delay in, in or the gap in between episodes, folks. So this was episode 12, which we're already here. And Jeff and I have been talking about doing something special for episode 13. So that'll be the next one we do. So you definitely want to be able to check that one out because it's going to be special, individual, a unique episode. That is for sure. And yes. if this if this was like a television show, this would be like our I mean, we're not stopping anything, but it would be like the season finale where we tease, like, you won't believe what happens next <laughs> on Teachers by Day. I like it. This is it. So to be continued with what's about to come your way, because episode 13 is going to be a fun one. So you definitely want to be able to check that one out. Jeff, before we sign off, anything you want to leave the people with? Um, You know, let me just give you a piece of advice. I was on the highway last night. Some crazy drivers out there, guys. Please be careful on the roads. Oh, okay, sweet Lord, use your signals. And I saw an accident, mind. like not live, but like drove past one. And I, I mean, this car was like an accordion. So it's scary out there, especially at night. Just everyone has somewhere to get to. Please be smart. No, you're not Dominic Toretto from the Fast and <laughs> Furious. Right. Take your time. An extra ten miles an hour isn't going to get you there that much quicker. Right. All right, people. Well, 
in closing, if you guys want to check us out, it is a uh, podcast available on anywhere like Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, any of those places that you check out your pods. If you guys want to reach out to us via email, it's teachersbyday at outlook.com. Send us some questions and recommendations. Send us Jack Black's information so we can get in touch with him. <laughs> if you're Jack if we, Black, just reach out to us. Okay, I'm just saying, if we can get Jack Black and Hugh Jackman on one podcast together with us, I think we've made it. I think it's good to have goals, like ambitious goals, you know? So let's set the bar that high, and then we'll just keep trying to clear it. All right, so this is episode 12. We're manifesting it now. So whenever it comes into fruition, we can look back on this moment. And that's when we put it into existence. If this doesn't happen by episode 20, I'm going to be so angry. Right. We're going to start flipping desks and we're just going to cut this podcast off completely and just do the Pod Meets World recap <laughs> podcast. Recap pod. <laughs> Spin off from Teachers by Day. Sweet. I mean, I like it. I would do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, all you guys have a great week and we will see you in episode 13 for a fun little adventure. You guys take care. See ya. See ya.